Welcome, welcome everybody, welcome new people. If you're here for the first time, we just wanted to welcome you. Um, appreciate you coming and joining us, and thanks to everybody online. Uh, we are believing that we're all going to be get to get to come back and join the course of what we got to experience here this morning. It was just beautiful. Thank you, Dana and worship team. Jeez, I don't know whose vision that was, but I think I think Dana kind of got it in her, in her spirit and her heart. Man, just realize, man, that's pieces of the body, parts of the body, just stepping into vision, mission of what's going on in them, just understanding it and just bringing it out. And then it, man, it's a beautiful picture of what the church is about, what the body is about. Um, so, I just want to pray real quick. I just feel like the Lord just said pray, pray something over us. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, Lord, we just ask that you would speak, Lord God, that, that you would declare God, just unveil our eyes to see only you. God, only you. Lord, unveil our ears to hear only you, Jesus. Unveil our hearts to say yes to only you. And just unveil our minds to receive only you, Jesus. So, Lord, we bless you this morning. Help us, Lord. Give us a, just a, a place of just, we thank you for your presence, God. We just want to acknowledge you, you here in this place. Holy Spirit, your presence among us, Lord. That's why we gather together. Lord, I gather together. I, I do love the people. I do love the, the, the camaraderie and just going after God together. But God, you're the reason that we're here. You're, you, you are the reason. It's your church. It's your bride. It's your gathering, God. So, Lord, we just want to continue to submit our hearts and our, our, our actions, our words to you, Lord. I just submit these words to you. And, Lord, you would just, you would just continue to do ex- exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we can think or ask in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Um, so we're going to step into this place of mission last week. If you didn't catch us last week, go back and grab that um, online. Uh, we have those on YouTube, our YouTube channel. I guess that's a YouTube channel. I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but there's a dwelling place in RV channel that you can go back and watch the old ones so catch that i'm not going to go i'm not going to go into lots of detail but before then i just wanted to bring something up in relationship to bowling because not not that i won i didn't really expect him to say that i really wasn't wanting anybody to know that because really man the the joy of my heart was to is the camaraderie i saw i saw people yelling from from uh lane to lane man when all of a sudden, Everly would get a strike or a spare. Everybody's like, cheering them on, yeah. Didn't matter what she had scored or, or Joseph striking a ball. Didn't matter what he had scored. And there was, the, man, we get to celebrate his strike. We get to celebrate his spare. Didn't really matter the whole, the whole other thing that happened. Um, but it was really interesting. Um, uh, the, <laughs> the youth worship team took my word literally and were like, you know, run, run in such a way as to win. That's what we talked about last week. So they were kind of made it bowl in such a way as to win, right? So uh, they went out and made these shirts. They all got shirts and they were on there. So it was kind of funny. But I really, you know, I, I, as I was sitting there looking at the shirts, I started realizing there was something really prophetic for our body, I felt like. Um, because they, they, they put this on the back, right? What's that say? 301 Club, all right? So those that do not know bowling, which I'm not a big, avid bowler, 
I, I, I just shoot it down the center and hope it goes right or left of that center pin, which is the best place to be, right? But I don't know if you know this. Um, does anybody know the, the biggest number that you can actually get in bowling? 300. So what is 301? It's impossible. And I felt like they were declaring something, that we were going to be the, the, t- the, the impossible team, the club of the impossible. Like, this is impossible. In bowling, you can't get this. But God doesn't deal with numbers, right? He deals in the spirit. And that's why I felt like the Lord's saying that we're going to have some 301s in this place. Like, I really believe in for uh, a Paula Sizemore to be healed in the name of Jesus, a 301. That's a 301, right? You know, for, for Jim Evil to get by that wheelchair, that's a 301. I don't know, there's just something in my spirit that says, man, we need some 301s in the house. House of Miracles, that was a declaration this morning. Thank you, you weren't in here when I was thanking you, but thank you for stepping out in that because that was, but again, I don't know, I'm just going to sit this right here. No, I can't see it. Anyway, I'll put it there. 301 Club, right? And the cool part is that it's not just the, it's just not those eight people that had the shirts. That's us. And I just wanted to declare that over us as a body, the 301 Club. Um, that's right, 2021 be the 301. Man, we got some, got some little rhythms going there. I like that. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Um, but anyway, yeah, like I said, the perfect bowling match is a 12 strike in a row. And, and I believe that Lord's going to give us the 301s uh, in our spirit. So I just need to speak that. Felt like that, but just a reminder from last week. If you don't have a, uh, sorry, I got it up here. If you don't have one of these, did everybody get one? Really want you to have one. If you don't, um, anybody not have one? All right. Um, so really, just this is the second part of stepping into mission. We talked about it last week. I just want to review real quick for those that weren't here. I'm going to kind of speed through this. But last week we talked about uh, the first step we took in that last of 2020 step into beholding. We then stepped into communion, and then now we're stepping into mission. And I really believe, like I said last week, you can't step into mission if you don't get those first two steps down because stepping into mission can become a performance or a, a, a big hurrah that we're doing outside of the presence and power of God, which we cannot do. We can't do that as a body. We have to do it in the presence, in the beholding, and in the communion of God. That's what mission comes out of. Pure and simple, heart, uh, the heart of God. Uh, we can't lose that. Uh, we talked about, really, there was mission in the name of dwelling place. I really believe that we're not getting rid of a name. This is not a name change, you know, trying to figure out. A, a, it's, it's, it's a recalling into that name, just a fullness of calling. Um, uh, last week, I even said, you know, that scripture in John, uh, it was really where it came from, you know, when, when Rick and Bill Pearson, those are two guys, most of y'all don't know Bill, but he was an early person in the dwelling, the dwelling place church that Lee and I were a part of. You know, they came up with that name. And, and part of it, like it was, it was just the Father's house. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. And we didn't call it the dwelling place because there are many dwelling places. This is a church that's within the church of God in the New River Valley. So we don't believe that we have it all together in terms of we got everything down pat. We, we're, we're walking with the rest of the body in unity. We're believing unity of the of the saints in the new river valley but it we believe we're a, t- a dwelling place of his presence of, his, of freedom and healing and restoration a dwelling place where the lost can be found hurting can find healing broken can find restoration 
Lonely can find acceptance, the distraught peace of dwelling place to lift up the name of Jesus. And I didn't do a good job of this last week, but I really wanted to honor those three couples, Rick and Paula, Mark and Margie, Tom and uh, Ingrid, because they laid the foundations of where we're at today. Um, they, there, there was three churches, three smaller churches. We started praying together and shared that testimony last week. We started praying together and we're like, why are we not doing something together? Because we're all in such unity and such cohesion. And so there was a reality that all three of those uh, couples really cast vision into where they were at. And then we brought it together as one dwelling place um, as they came together. So I just really want to honor those three couples. Um, and, I, and again, I wish they aren't able to be here in, in present uh, at the moment, but I believe that'll be soon. Uh, then we read Habakkuk 2. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, but just remember that scripture. I will stand on my guard post, station myself, position yourself to see, hear. It says, I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Go ahead and put that scripture up there. I think Isaac, that's the first scripture I have. They can kind of follow along as I read it. But the Lord answered me and said, record the vision and scribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come, it will not delay. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right with him, but the righteous will live by faith. And we talked about those six key elements of vision. Position yourself to, above your circumstances to be able to see and hear clearly. That's huge. Look, look to hear. <laughs> be in a position to hear. Keep mission before you. It's God's timing, not yours. Remember, we talked about that dynamic tension. It says, it hastens towards the goal, but though it tarries, wait for it. You're like... Okay, I mean, like, so sometimes it feels like we're going really awesomely fast, and then sometimes it's like, okay, everybody's like, come on, we need to go somewhere, but though it tarries, wait for it. So there's this fast of a dynamic tension of walking in that. But mission isn't for your glory, it's for his. Walk out mission in faith. The righteous live by faith. And then we talked about the mission. Why do we need mission? So that we can run. That's why he wrote it down. Write the vision down so that people can run. And in 1 Corinthians 9, it talks about you run with aim, run in such a way as to win. That's kind of was our theme last week. Run with endurance, fixing your eyes on him. That's in Hebrews. And without mission, we end up casting off restraint. We talked all about that last week, so I don't want to uh, talk about that too much. But I, I did want to bring up that. Remember that Eric Lindell from Chariots of Fire? He was a guy that he's kind of the main character in Chariots of Fire. And he made that really awesome statement. He says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. I feel like the Lord's saying in this season of running, walking, stepping, running, whatever you feel like you're at, I really believe God's saying he wants you to feel his pleasure. Not out of performance. Okay? Not out of performance. Not out of, can I say, not out of performance. Like, you, like walking, feeling his pleasure is never out of a performance mindset. Feeling his pleasure is the fact that just like my kids, there's so much pleasure in me in relationship to my kids. I mean, wh whether they do good or bad, there's just pleasure that they're, my, they're children of God. So just feel his pleasure as you're running uh, for his pleasure, from his presence, from beholding, from communion, that we're really walking and running from that place. All right, so t today's message, I really want to start with one more reason why, you we, why we need to walk in mission. Man, this was just so on my heart, uh, about as strong as the 301. <laughs> Um, I want you. To, I want you to want us to turn. Um, this really came from a Maverick City song that I've been stuck on. 
lately, and it's called Getting Ready. Um, I don't know if you've, anybody's heard it, but I want to read the, the scriptures. Uh, I mean the scripture. I want to read the, uh, the, the, what do you call it? Lyrics, that's it. Um, I love this. It says, what an honor to be invited to the marriage of the Lamb. To come and worship him, celebration, it's the joining of the bride and the son, the two becoming one. All the prophecies fulfilled in a moment, so we sing. Like the roar of many waters, like the sound of roaring, ro- lo- sorry, rolling thunder, hallelujah, give him glory, for the marriage of the lamb is coming. We're getting ready. That's the declaration, we're getting ready. So I just kind of had a quick question. You know, I don't, I don't know if this is the way it goes. I just wanted to ask the question. You know, as soon as the guy asks the girl to marry him, right, everything kind of is good, right? You just kind of put it on cruise control from there, right? When the guy asks the girl to marry her, everybody's like, oh, finally, okay, we got, the, we got the yes. Now we can just sit back and cruise and enjoy the process and not do anything to really, you know, get ready for the day. That, I mean, is that the way it usually happens, girls, women, <laughs> especially? Oh, I was just worried, and nobody was saying no. I'm pretty sure that's not the way it happens, right? Right? When as soon as the yes happens, the begin the planning begins, right? Probably the planning began way before the yes, but we will just we will just go with the process of when the yes happens. That's official. The process begins. The beginning is, this, is that planning. And I don't know, man. The Lord's been putting something on me. There's a wedding coming. There's a wedding coming. And I just wanted to let you know, you're, you're a part of it. I'm a part of it. We're a part of it. And I, I just want to declare this out of um, this Revelation 19. I think I have that one up there, Isaac. I love this. This is the reason why we're talking about mission. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Anybody know who the bride is? Us, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. The body is the bride, right? And so it's, I love it. It was given to her, us. It's, it was given to us to clothe ourselves in fine linen, bright and clean for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And you think about that word righteous, I think sometimes we get bogged down into doing everything right, you know, like we get bogged down. But righteousness comes from him. So if we're walking in righteous acts, we're walking in his faith-filled acts of the kingdom, kingdom, kingdom righteousness. That's righteousness. Righteousness isn't me getting it all together and being perfect and never, you know, messing up. It's about his walking in his righteousness, walking in his glory, his goodness. And so this place that I just really want to say, as we're stepping into mission, in, that we've got to step in mission in faith, to purposely set our aim to get ready for the marriage that you and I are a part of, the marriage of the Lamb, the marriage of the Lamb, <laughs> that great wedding day, to really prepare with purpose and step into destiny of the church to walk in this place of overcoming. So I just really want to encourage us in that. This, there's another reason we're, getting, we're doing this mission Stepping into mission is because we're, we're, it says the bride has made herself ready. There's reality that that means there's a part that we walk in, that we play. And he's doing it too. I love uh, 
Ephesians 5 kind of speaks to this too. So I love, because um, I share this a lot with marriages, it's uh, kind of that marriage uh, passage in Ephesians 5. It starts up in like 24, 25, but I'm going to pick up in 26. And, it, and it's, it's sharing what we as husbands need to be to wives, but it's also a declaration of the Jesus in relationship to the church. You know, and it says, so that Jesus might sanctify the bride, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, that he, Jesus, might present to himself the church in all her glory. That's just my, I mean, that's my, as a pastor, I mean, that's one of my favorite passages because that's really, it's the church in all her glory. I want to bring as many people in here, because, not because we can get numbers, because I believe the Lord's beautifying the body with more beautiful expressions of who he is out there, you know, because the church is, but the reality is there's some beautiful expressions of the kingdom in here that God's beautifying. doesn't mean that we're ugly in nature. It just means that God's continuing this process of walking us out, just really removing the things that have tried to weigh us down and try to help us come alive, as we were declaring this morning, come alive in who he is and, and, and what we are as a church. Uh, but I love it, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should, would be holy and blameless, set apart. He's sanctifying us, he's cleansing us, that we might pre- he might present to himself, us, the bride. And so we're getting ready. <laughs> I mean, that's our heart, getting ready uh, stepping into mission, this is all about it. And you think about it, well, we're going to look at Matthew 4 if you want to turn there. Um, but it was, a, it was a really cool, interesting thing. John the Baptist, right before this, you know, John the Baptist is kind of that declaration from Isaiah 700 years ago, Isaiah 7. There's going to be a voice crying out in the wilderness. Okay? Do you remember what he was crying out? Make ready, right? Make ready, get ready, right? I love this. This is John the Baptist's declaration in Matthew 3, 1 and 2. Now in these days, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're going to be talking about that kingdom today. For this is the one referred to Isaiah the prophet, the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Man, I'm like, does Jesus really need paths being straight? <laughs> I mean, those are questions that I always start thinking. I'm like, does, does he really need that? Can't he just do it? Can't he just speak with a word and do it? I just feel like there's something in us that there's, I just feel like there's a call in us that I want us to just embrace. Like there's this place where he's like, make ready. I love it, um, you know, because this was 700 years earlier. John was fulfilling a prophecy in this passage, getting ready. And when he says, he says, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, for this is the one referred to the voice, or sorry, referred to by Isaiah the prophet, when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. You know what that, I love this word picture that make ready in the Greek means to make necessary preparations. It really came from, this oriental custom that they had before a king would go out, they actually would send another crew out before them to make sure that the road was prepared, that there was a place for him to walk, a place of, for him to go. 
And so I just felt like the Lord was just saying that. And then same kind of situation when it says, make his path straight, it was a picture of a rutted road, and it was smoothing it out, making it straight. You know, there's, because I think so many times in our lives, our walks, we get in these ruts. Anybody been in those ruts? You know, maybe you're in one right now. We're going to pray that God gets us out of those ruts. I really believe in even his dwelling place. He's really getting us out of a, a kind of a rut and making the path straight for the king of glory to come in. That's what my, I love that psalm. I think it's, um, maybe I wrote it down. I won't read it, but um, I can't find it right off the bat. But there's another psalm that just talks about the, so that the king of glory may come in. Um, I didn't write it down, sorry. Um, but I love that declaration. So just getting ready, getting ready. Right? So I want to go back to that, uh, just back to the mission. Um, I didn't really do a good job last week, kind of used mission and vision a little bit interchangeably, because really the word really just uses the word vision. Um, but for our standpoint, you know, that's why I gave a lot of credit to um, Daniel Wheeler last week, um, because he really kept us in this place of, hey, we've got to get mi- vision, mission, vision core values, all these things that we talk about kind of more of in the marketplace maybe, but there's, there's aspects of it as a church, being able to walk and step into vision and mission. And so, but mission is our why. It's why we exist. That's our mission statement. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that today. Vision is going to be a more in-depth statement that kind of draws out the picture of what it looks like when that mission is accomplished. So we're going to be bringing that out in the months uh, to come. But I just kind of wanted to speak that, kind of keep us on target. Our mission is our why. The vision is the picture that is painted to express what it looks like when we're accomplishing our why. Why, why do we exist in the New River Valley? And it was kind of interesting, you know, I, t- I kind of spoke this last week, but um, I kind of want to talk a few minutes about wh- where we got it. Like, where, where did we get that? Because um, the mission statement is a body, a dwelling place exists to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God in the NRV and beyond. So where did we get that, right? And so it's kind of interesting, you know, as Daniel had continued to speak about this mission and, and then on down the line vision and other things. You know, he kept saying, he really kind of got a bunch of, of just leaders of the church. You might have been one of those or people in the church. It just, I mean, everybody, he was just getting it from everywhere, just asking kind of a simple question. When you think about dwelling place, what's three or four things that, you know, comes to your spirit, comes to your heart? Like, what's, what's our why? You know, what, why are we here? And three things kept coming throughout every response. Um, one was to be a body of believers, a healthy body of believers, a family. And we're going to bring all those out as we talk more in depth on another Sunday about just the body of believers. Believers, Right? People that are believing for the kingdom to come, right? And so body of believers, and then the second thing was the Holy Spirit. You know, they felt, I mean, that, that was almost in every statement, the, the, the uh, crucial vitalness of us walking in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led of the Holy Spirit. We landed on lead. But all of those are, encapsulate that, being led of the Holy Spirit, like being really submitted Right, we'll we'll talk about that in just a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself, but but you know, and then the last one was just this place of kingdom. You know, letting the kingdom. We believe that we're supposed to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Right? We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, 
And, and you know, it's kind of funny. I was, I was trying to think of, well, all right, Mitch, well, and I had buy-in from the get-go. I'm kind of one of these guys. I don't, I'm not a very crazy visionistic person. Somebody throws something in front of me, I can go, oh, man, that's, that's it. That's good. You know, and, or I can say, mm, yeah. And so when it came before me, I'm like, man, this is good. This is good. But, man, there was something that really hit me just really about five, four, five, six weeks ago that really empowered more. In my, like I said, I had buy-in already. The Lord was saying, just solidified it in me. And it's, it's the uh, expression IWJD. Anybody ever heard of that? IWJD? You're probably thinking, oh, Mitch didn't have his sweet tea this morning, and he is mixing it up with WWJD, right? I don't drink tea until after 1 o'clock. So it's after. No, it's IWJD, right? WWJD is what would Jesus do? What's IWJD? It's what Jesus did. Right, WWJD, you kind of... You kind of have a question mark there, right? You kind of come to a place where you're like, all right, what would Jesus do in this situation? It's always a good question to ask. But I think the, maybe a better place to go is find out what Jesus did and do it, right? Well, it's, if it's what Jesus already did, that's a pretty good, you're not going to go far from, you're not going to go far from home plate, right? You're going to probably get to home plate every time if you do what Jesus did. And I felt like the Lord just downloaded, I was actually just praying through this mission out in a, we had a little meeting and I was just praying it. And all of a sudden the Lord's like just downloading stuff like right and left. Like, wait a minute, this is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did in Matthew 4. This is a, as soon as he started ministry, this is exactly what Jesus did. All right? And so we're going to walk, walk in that today. Uh, now don't, don't anybody try to go make t-shirts and start that little phrase. That's mine, right? I know you hadn't heard about it till today, but I'm, I'm tagging at it. Kind of weird, though. I-W-H-D. No, see, I can't even get it. I-W-J-D. <laughs> I-W-J-D, right? I-W-J-D. All right. All right, so let's go back to I-W-J-D. It's what Jesus did. Look at, look at uh, let's go back to uh, Matthew 4. Let's talk through our mission in relationship to that. Remember, the first part of our mission, DP exists to be a body of believers, Right? Pretty simple and plain. Like that really is probably, that's the, really the call for every church is to be a body of believers, right? And obviously we're hoping that we can reach out into the highways and byways to bring the kingdom, to bring unbelievers here to be believers, right? But think about the first thing that Jesus did. Look at Matthew 4, 18 through 22. This is all going to be in Matthew 4. This is right after, Matthew 2 is the birth of Jesus and then Matthew decides to skip the next 30 years, and all of a sudden in Matthew 3, it's John the Baptist. He's saying, here's basically Jesus. This is the guy. The kingdom is at hand. Here he is. Um, he's make, make way. Make ready the, the way of the Lord. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus, I, I can't remember if he's in this passage if he says, behold the Lamb of God. And then he gets baptized, right? So at the end of Matthew 3, he gets baptized. So Matthew 4 is really the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, what he does, out, right? And so we're going to go through Matthew 4. We're going to skip around a little bit because I just want it to follow <laughs> the way I want it to follow. But Matthew 4, 18, 
look down there. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is right after, basically right after he was uh, baptized, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to him, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and John, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat, and they followed him. And it goes on, you know, a lot of the rest of Matthew is about the calling of the twelve. You know, all of a sudden, then more, more than the 12 start showing up. There's all sorts of disciples, all sorts of men and women hanging out with Jesus. And, and I started asking the question, why? Isn't that always a good question to ask? Why did you gather people around you? Why did Jesus do that? Is he not the Son of God, right? Are we good on that? Jesus is the Son of God. He could have done this all himself. He could have, to me... I mean, I, I mean, he could have just done, I mean, he could have done all the signs and wonders, had crazy multitudes, probably following, gathering. I mean, he'd have, a, he'd have all the followers on his list, right? That's not what he did. He started by gathering a body of believers around him to walk with, to become a community with, to actually become family with. I mean, I don't know, remember the, the disciple that laid his head on a chest. I don't think you do that to normal, just kind of everyday hangout people, right? Have I ever laid my head on your chest, Joe? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty close. <laughs> but I haven't laid my head on his chest yet, right? I mean, this is family, right? And I'm always going to push us to that place. Where I'm, I don't want to get bogged down into, because we're going to talk about the body of believers more in depth, but... I really believe the Lord's calling us in this place where Jesus did it. Like Jesus didn't do this thing on his own. He submitted himself to men and other women in his life. That's a hard, crazy sometimes, but it's worth it, right? It's a body of believers. That's, you know, the fullness. I didn't write this down, and I can't even remember where it's at because my brain's so logged right now with other things. But, you know, but the, I think it's in Ephesians somewhere, but it talks about the body uh, being the fullness. The body is the fullness of Christ. Pretty sure that's in Ephesians, but somebody can, sees it, hears it, you know, feel free to yell it out, but, or remembers it. But, but he goes on to call the 12. He, and, he, and I was thinking about, the, you know, here's the guy that set trillions of stars in the galaxy, but he gathers a few people around him to walk with. He names every star with a name. I love Isaiah, if you want to reference Isaiah 40, 26. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. If he takes that much care of the stars, how much does he take care of us? But he does it, I really believe, through the body of Christ. Like that's the avenue. That's why he gathered those people together so that they would be a body of believers that were going to be walking this out when he went on to be with the Lord. And so that's the foundation. He started it all with Adam and Eve. I mean, he started the basis of ministry, the basis of body ministry, body relationship is relationship. Like that's the foundation. Jesus didn't gather a bunch of ministers. He gathered Adam and Eve, sons and daughters. That's the baseline. Like that's the place. Like even as a body of believers, it's brothers and sisters. 
it's not doer and a doer and a doer and a doer. You know, it's not about being ministers of the gospel so much as it is to be sons and daughters of the kingdom. And out of that, we get to do what? Go minister life to the world, to one another. That's the glory of it. Uh, so I just, I just want to read this. As I, he, he didn't want a following. He wanted disciples. He wanted men and women of brother, I mean, brothers and sisters. He wanted to gather a body together that caught his heart that would become more than a bunch of, just a bunch of ministers, but a community and a family of believers, sisters and brothers. Faith-filled, spirit-filled body where we truly function as a healthy body where every part's important, every part is needed and valued, where men, women, children grow up into the likeness of Christ as they walk together in unity. And we're going to, again, we're going to dive deeper into that, so I don't want to go too far into that. But that's the first part, body of believers. That's why, that's kind of how we got to that place. Second place, dwelling place exists to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit. Um, first thing that happened when he got baptized, anybody remember? Very first thing. Very first thing, he gets baptized and then he's immediately, something happens. He is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. God of the universe, right? Jesus, why does he need to be led? This is Jesus. Why does he need to be led? Because he's declaring something in us as an example. Remember, Jesus left. If you look in Peter, he says, I left, I suffered these things and left you an example for you to walk in. Why did, what, what did he, what's the first thing in his public ministry that he did? Submit. He submitted himself to the Holy Spirit to be led into the wilderness for 40 days without food and water. Anybody want to sign up for that first act of ministry and get people saved and said, oh, great, thanks for coming in the kingdom. You're now on a journey for 40 days without food and water. You know what? I mean, we won't do that, promise. You don't, you don't have to fear that. We're not going to do that to you. If you don't know Jesus, still come to know Jesus today. But there's a reality that Jesus submitted it was an example of his ability to submit himself to the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 4.1, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The first and foremost foundation he did was submission. And I love this place, um, you know, this place of uh, down, um, if you go on to that next scripture, uh, I was going to read some stuff, but I think I'll skip it. For time's sake, but remember John 5, 18. I love this passage. This is, uh, for this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill Jesus because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. There's a lot in that scripture. But it's, I love this passage. Truly, Jesus answered and said to them, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. That's yeah, Jesus. How much so more for us, right? I want to get in that place where Mitch can do nothing of himself. Doesn't mean I'm not thinking or not praying or not believing. I mean, I'm just so in tune with the Holy Spirit that I'm just walking out what he's walking. I'm speaking out what he's speaking. It's not a performance. It's just getting into, his, in, into that place of just rhythm with him, right? We're all walking into glory to glory. That's a glory to glory reality. But love this. I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. 
For whatever, whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. And I just love that. Jesus was totally submitted to the Father, to the Holy Spirit, in, in everything that he did, everywhere he walked. Let that sink in. Like, um, here's the guy that could, he said he could call 12 legions of angels down. This is the power that he has. Did you ever, you remember that scripture? You remember what he said? It says, or do you not think I can appeal to my father and at once he will put at my disposal? He's still appealing to the father. He's still asking. He's still submitting. All right, father, is this the time for the 12 angels? Come on, right down now. So I just encourage us in this place. Um, so let's talk about, the, so that was the, the, the second place. He submitted himself to the Holy Spirit. He walked in this place of walking in the Holy Spirit, walking in this place of submitting himself to the Holy Spirit. And he submitted himself to people. He submitted himself to the Holy Spirit. And then out of that, let's talk about that third part of the mission. Dwelling place exists to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God. So let's pick it back up in Matthew 4. Everywhere he went, Jesus, this is what he did. He brought about heaven to earth. Matthew 4, 23, right? Same same passage right after he gets baptized. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness before the people. So he was proclaiming it, and then he was demonstrating it. I mean, there was a reality that he proclaimed the gospel. Anybody remember what the gospel means? Good news, right? Good news. There's good news to the kingdom. We're going to be hearing about that in the future weeks. Like there's good news in relationship to his kingdom and how do we walk in his kingdom? How do we, because the kingdom is kind of vague. I mean, it's kind of a vague type word, but the heart is that we'll keep painting that picture out. What is, what, what is it to really advance the kingdom of God? Because that's what Jesus was about. Healing was part of that. Uh, preaching the gospel was part of that, the gospel of the kingdom. And so I just encourage us in that and, um, you know, we want to see lives transformed, obviously, by the kingdom. That turn those transformed lives into transformed families. That turn those transformed families into transformed city, right? So there's this place that God wants. To, and, you know, I was thinking about that woman at the well. Anybody remember that, that declaration? You know, the woman at the well, she encounters Jesus. He speaks the kingdom. And guess what? She goes in a whole town is safe right that's the power of a declaration of a kingdom just in one i mean he just did it to one he proclaimed the kingdom to one woman and all of a sudden the whole city so don't underestimate your the power of you being one declaring the kingdom wherever you're declaring it maybe you're declaring it in your home maybe you're declaring it at your school maybe you're declaring it at, in your family, maybe you're declaring it at your job, wherever it is, don't underestimate. That was not at a mass gathering, right? <laughs> there was no mass gathering. It was Jesus and this woman at the well. And a whole town was saved, right? Don't underestimate the kingdom that's in you. Kingdom of God being Jesus in you. You know, you think about um, some one of the things that he taught us to pray, right? Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer? 
We won't, we won't recite it, but out of the six big things that he declared in the Lord's Prayer, right? Remember Matthew 6, 9 through 10? Pray in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your, what? Kingdom come. That was one of the big six, right? His kingdom come on earth as it, what? Is in heaven. So what is, what is Jesus accomplishing? He's taking that which is out of heaven and he's pulling it to earth. Heaven to earth, right? He's taking the kingdom that's really already in you and he's releasing it. The word of God's in you. You know, the declarations, the prophetic declarations that you don't even know is there will be there when you speak as you step out. And there's this place of the kingdom operating in you and around you. And so uh, I love that, that you know, that, that pr- and the prayer ends, Jesus, you know, the, the Lord's prayer ends with what? Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. His kingdom is everlasting. It's eternal. It's ever advancing. That's why I felt like we felt like the Lord is just saying, advancing is stepping. Like we're stepping into what God's doing every day, stepping into what he wants to do today, stepping his, in, into his kingdom. Uh, so he's imploring, he's calling us out in that. Um, let's look down even further down in Matthew 4, uh, 17. This is the first thing out of Jesus' mouth, you know, in, a, in, in Matthew. This is the first thing that came out of his mouth. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <laughs> it's at hand. I'm here, really. That's what he was declaring. I am here. Like, the kingdom is here. Jesus is here. Um, really cool. I, I don't know if anybody's ever gone to, over to Croatia. Uh, has anybody been there? I've got a few. Yep. One of the really cool parts about Croatia, if you ever go, especially on the coast, because I don't know if you know, Italy's on kind of the, the is, is that the Red Sea? No, not Red Sea. Um, Adriatic Sea. Adriatic Sea's in the middle. Red Sea's over, Red Sea's over in Egypt, I think, somewhere. Uh, Adriatic, and Italy sits over here. Well, yeah, so Italy, I can't remember. I'm backwards. So Italy is on this side, and Croatia's on the other. And so you can basically go walk up and around. So a lot of these, especially Croatia and a lot of uh, these Yugoslavian um, countries got inundated by the Roman Empire. And I don't know if you've ever known... The Roman Empire, when they, they were a kingdom, <laughs> they called themselves the Roman right, kingdom, and when they invaded you, what did they do? They culturized you, right? Every town has a Roman Catholic church at the center of it. I mean, you can, you can look for it. I mean, there's always, some, you know, there's always the centerpiece of the town. You know, the Romans built around that because they wanted to take their kingdom and influence the kingdom that was built right there. It was tried to be built, or maybe it wasn't built yet. But, you know, so it's really cool as you go in there. It's so, such a beautiful, Croatia is amazing, especially Dubrovnik. Uh, I love the old city and everything. But it was just amazing to see how cult, like how this kingdom of the Roman Empire had just influenced their, even their city. And I was thinking about that, like, even in my own reality is like, man, God's called me to be, what, an ambassador of his kingdom here on earth, bringing what God's kingdom and empowering, imploring it. And that's what Jesus did uh, while he's here. Um, I think probably one of my favorite stories 
that I can just, uh, just immediately came to my mind was, the, remember the Mar- uh, Gerizim Demoniac? You know, that, that was just a picture of the enemy's kingdom just being represented in all its, glo- like all its glory, right? I mean, here's a guy that basically was shackled. He was the nuisance of the town. They, he basically couldn't even keep clothes on him. I mean, probably, you know, he was out in the caves, but running wild. But, and, I, and it says, he, you, know, you know, when they sailed to the Gerizines and he came out onto the land, he was met by a man. Jesus was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons. He had not put on any clothing for a long time. He was not living in a house, but in the tombs. And the people went, and so y'all know the rest of the story, right? You know, he... He engages him. He delivers him from the demons into the pigs. The pigs go down. All that happens. And then all of a sudden, they start going and telling all the people in the town to come out. And I love this picture. Like, see, this is the picture of the kingdom coming in the flood. The people went out to see what happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. I love that picture. That's what, that's what happens when kingdom invades the, the, the darkness. We get clothed, we get in our right mind, and we're at the feet of Jesus. Like that's that positioning that we get to help people. And that's the, that's the kingdom, right? And, of course, the hard part is that most of, you know, you know what they did? They didn't say, oh, man, this is awesome. Man, look at this guy. He's free. This is the kingdom of God. Let's establish him right here. What did they do? Anybody remember? Asked him to leave. You're like, what? <laughs> he just came and delivered the guy that was the nuisance at the thing. That guy's sitting at his right feet, worshiping the Lord, and they asked him to leave. And so there's just this reality. The world can't sometimes accept the kingdom. That's okay. We've got to be ready for that. Right? Sometimes they won't understand. But keep, keep praying for those people, seeing them sitting at the, at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in their right mind. It's worth it. That's why, that's why we do a lot of inner healing, because we want to see people clothed, sitting down in their right mind at the feet of Jesus. That's why we do uh, pray for people that are afflicted with uh, demonic influence that tries to come and steal and kill and destroy. You know, that's because we want to see men and women. We want to see the lost found. Um, really cool, I was talking to, it's a really cool testimony this week. This is another, de- just a really cool demonstration of the kingdom. I was telling this lady, I'm not going to reveal her name. Uh, she uh, is, was at a job, she was working at a job, and her environment was very volatile. Like, um, it, beca- it, it got to this place where it was so, like, like really gossipy, really, like, just controlling, and, oh, this, you know, just, it was just crazy. And so, she, almost to a place where I think, I think she told me she was maybe just have to leave. Like, she didn't know she was going to be able to stay. And so she just got in her spirit, like, well, wait a second. I want, I'm just going to start, I'm going to start praying and pleading the blood of Jesus over my environment. I'm going to start bringing the kingdom of God in this environment. Like, I'm going to start declaring King Jesus is in this place. And guess what? The environment started changing. She's like, Man, I think I, can, I might be able to stay now. <laughs> you know, there's the, the, the person she was interacting with became like softer, right? And not everything's perfect, but she started changing the environment. That's the kingdom of God influencing the kingdom of this world, right? I was thinking about, you know, back in the days when, when we were at 
Rivendell. We, I taught at a school for the um, those that basically got kicked out of the classroom for every purpose under the sun, but they all came to our, us, and so um, we had Mark and Michelle was part of that, and um, James Gray, and so we kind of helped start it, but there was a situation in that. I mean, I'm, I don't, it was tough. It was tough to work there because of an environment, and so all of a sudden, for this situation, the Lord started declaring, Mitch, the kingdom doesn't need to come necessary in the classroom. The kingdom needs to come in you. You need to get the kingdom for this person. And all of a sudden, I just started, the, the love of God started just pouring in. I'm like, all right, God. And I just started de- declaring the kingdom over this person. I started declaring life over this person, declaring that God would give me wisdom and how to love this person, have joy with this person, have the fruit of the Spirit with this person. You know what? I started to change. The kingdom in me started affecting the kingdom of the world that was in that place. And I was able to, I don't, I don't really think the situation per se with that person changed, but I changed. That's the kingdom too, right? You can change the environment, you can start allowing it to change you. And that's what I feel like the Lord's saying. Advancing the kingdom of God in us, through us, over us. Um, because aspects of his kingdom, you know, I think about his kingdom, you know, salvation, healing, Deliverance, signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word, servanthood, you know, laying your life down. All these were aspects of the way Jesus declared and spoke the kingdom. You know, and there's, and there's more. I, I mean, I just ran out of, ran out of time and words. Uh, laying your life down, see, because we want to see as a church that kingdom, those things advanced in the NRV and beyond. Right? IWJD, right? Come on now. IWJD. I'm trying to get it in there. IWJD. Right? It's what Jesus did. It's what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. You won't find, you won't find yourself uh, too far from that. So I want to declare this purpose and mission over us again. The only place that exists to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God in the NRV and beyond. And I just really believe in this upcoming season, we're really going to be coming back to this mission a lot. We're going to be referenced a lot. You might get sick of it. That's okay. But my, my heart is that it gets, gets in us. Like there's something in me that wants to submit myself to a bunch of really amazing people and be in a body. Right? I don't want to go this thing alone. I don't want to. I want to be in a body that's healthy, whole, like, shucking and jiving, all those things, like going for the kingdom, right? I want to be in that place of the body, healthy, strong, faith-filled, empowered body of believers. You know, we're going to be diving into what it really looks like to live out a Holy Spirit, Holy Holy Spirit-filled, a Holy Spirit-empowered, a Holy Spirit-led walk with the Lord. And we're going to be stepping in to what it looks like to advance the kingdom of God how to stand in that place to see it advanced in our lives, first and foremost. I think that's what God taught me through that whole Rivendell. It's like, let it, let it advance in your life, and guess what? It's going to advance wherever you go. It can't, you can't help it. I couldn't help it at that point. I had love in my heart for this person. I had, love, I had joy in my heart. You know, It changed the atmosphere that I wanted to be there, so it changed me. So see it advanced in, your, in our lives, the life of our body, and the life of the NRV church and, and beyond. 
And uh, really to think kingdom, to understand kingdom, to speak it, to begin to live it. The full, not begin to live it, I think we're living it. All this is just a declaration of, I think, a lot of what we're already doing, but really putting it on a place that we can go for something. And um, so I really just want to call that into us, call that over us, right? It looks like my wife has a, you have a good word to share? Oh, yeah. Why don't you come on? So I'm just going to get, Leah's going to call us to a response. There you go. Yeah, I'll There are just um, a couple of things that were coming out. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Some during um, just worship, like receiving healing. But actually, if the prayer teams could go in and right. come up. But there are a couple other words that came out. I know Craig had a word, and he kept on just hearing that you are covered. And so there was just like this, this call to be really to receive that he's covering, like with the blood of Jesus, that he covers. Um, I kept on hearing you're forgiven, um, you're cleansed. So even just a call, maybe, maybe you just need someone to agree with you in an area, just receiving what he always already has done. Also, I felt like there was something, even a place of like feeling his pleasure, mm. like maybe that's an area you haven't really felt. So feeling his pleasure and, and then really him removing condemnation and shame. That was another aspect Craig had shared. And um, Daniel had made mention to this vision of just really the Father, God wanting to give comfort that there's just an area that someone just needed um, the arms of God and needed to receive comfort. So I'm just going to put that out. If you want prayer online, we have prayer too. So there's a tab you can push. And sometimes we had an issue last week. So feel free to text even one of us or if, if that's not going through. Right. So I want us to stand up. I'm going to call us back to those... I just want to pray this over us. Coming back to the 301 Club, right? God of the impossible. God of the impossible. Praying that over us as well. So, Lord, I just, I just want to just declare over us, God, that you, you're it, Lord. You're, you're all. I just go back to that declaration that Peter made. Where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. So, Lord, we just want to draw into you. We want to draw into your heart, Lord. It's, it's about you. It's not about us. It's not about, Lord, it's not even about this mission per se. This is something for us to kind of get a hold of and, and, and move forward with. But, God, it's about you. And as we walk in you, beholding you in communion with you, Lord, the 301s are going to happen. Lord, the kingdom's going to advance in us and over us and through us, God. It, Lord, that we're going to be a healthy and strong body of believers. God, we're, you're going to, we're going to be spirit-led as we're drawn into you, your kingdom, and all that you're about, Lord. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that. And Lord, I just want to pray for these, these things that Leah declared, God, that we just declare that this morning, if someone feels that they're not covered, God, I, I just pray for a supernatural covering over them in Jesus' name, that you, Lord Jesus, yourself, would just come and cover. Lord, that you... that. Lord, there's forgiveness. There's no shame. Lord, that there's healing. There's comfort in your arms. And so, Lord, that this morning, if anybody needs that, Lord, I'm just praying, God, don't leave this house without getting that. 
And Lord, we just continue to ask, God, just even as the children declared it, God, that we would be a house of miracles, a house of the impossible, a 301. The 301s would come forth, God, in the name of Jesus, and that your glory would just continue to come forth, God, as we're as we walk in this place of being a healthy body of believers, God, led by your Holy Spirit to advance your kingdom, God, in the new river valley and beyond. God, we ask in Jesus' name, let your kingdom come, God. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to encourage you, come get prayer this morning for the, what Leah had declared uh, over us, healing. If you want, just feel like maybe the Lord's saying, I just need to be in the place of that believing for the 301, get somebody to agree with you. Come forth and get prayer this morning. Amen. Have a great week.